1: everyone. It's Robin Openshaw and welcome back. I am so glad to be with you. It's 2018. It's the start of a great year. Let's learn some great new stuff. I have with me today, Kate Kordsmeyer, and she is a food journalist turned real food expert. And it all started like with so many of us is going to sound familiar with lots of people I've had on this show and myself included. She got to be a wellness expert because of her own chronic health issues. And I really wanted to talk to her because she has had to deal with PCOS, which I believe is an epidemic. And most of the people who have PCOS are not yet diagnosed. So I want you to listen really carefully to what she has to say about that. There's a couple of people in my family who have been diagnosed with this. So I'm watching it really closely and you're going to be really fascinated by what she has to say about it. She was diagnosed with PCOS, hypothyroidism, which often go together and IBS, you don't know what that is, it's irritable bowel syndrome. Those are a cluster of symptoms or diagnoses that often go together. And they took her into a journey of healing. And so today she's a full-time blogger over at root and revel, and it's a natural living site, helping people strike the balance between good and good for you. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Excited to be here. I, I want you to tell us a little bit about your story, like what you what you faced, how you even got diagnosed in the first place with all of these things.
0: Yeah, so it's a long one for sure. Um, I feel like there were many years of, you know, subtle symptoms that I ignored, and then they started screaming at me, and I still kind of tried to ignore them, and then it got to a point where I really couldn't. Um, but it, it, honestly, it all started with constipation, um, which is super embarrassing, but it's true. And I feel like
1: I was, I was chronically constipated for like five years. And then, and how, um, how old were you? Because I'm actually glad you're talking about that hard concept because, you know, people don't want to talk about that, but, and so people who are suffering with these gut issues, they yeah, don't, they, it doesn't sound pretty to talk about, but who cares? We're here to talk about right. health and wellness. Bring it.
0: I know it's like that book. Everybody poops. Let's get over it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Were you a so, teenager when it started?
0: I was um, no. I was probably um, maybe twenty, twenty-three or four when it started. I, I was pretty. Um, I had just finished college fairly recently, and. Yeah, maybe within a year or two of graduating college, and I, you know, was living on my own for the first time, and I wasn't eating that well, and I think I, um, I just started having some constipation issues. But of course, I never put diet and your bowel movements together. Um, I never really associated them, so I just kind of ignored it. And I, then I would see a couple of mainstream doctors, and they would just be like, "Yeah, you know, take fiber supplements or something." Um, but nobody ever asked me about my diet or my lifestyle or anything like that. So that kind of just kept going on for a number of years. Um, And then I started getting these really debilitating nausea episodes um, that I would describe as like anytime I was really excited about something. So it was a form of anxiety, but it was positive anxiety, like an anticipation, excitement. It's, you know, it was a wedding or it was a vacation or a special celebration of some kind. I would become like overwhelmed with nausea and this kind of heat wave. And it was completely debilitating. I couldn't, you know, do anything except lie in the dark. It was almost like having a
1: migraine. Um, Wow. How sad. So it probably created some anxiety about fun, exciting things that would happen in your life.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. It was a very vicious cycle of, it happened enough times that then anytime something happy was going on, I was worried that I was going to get sick. And then it made me want to stop doing fun things because then I'm like, well, if I'm never excited about anything, then I'll never have to worry about getting sick. And so, yeah, it was very depressing. Um, and I started thinking, you know, maybe there's, I wonder if there's some correlation between the stomach issues I've had with the constipation and now this nausea, you know, I, I didn't know, I had no idea what could be going on, but I thought maybe there could be some connection. So I I started going to a couple different doctors. I was referred to a gastroenterologist. Um, I ended up having a colonoscopy at 27 years old, um, they were all clueless. Nobody had any idea what was wrong with me. So basically they said, oh, it's just IBS, um, which I'm convinced is like code for, we don't know. Um, and so I got really frustrated. They had me on all this expensive, um, really extreme medication that just gave me horrible diarrhea that made me like afraid to leave the house. And, um, it was, you know, there was all these side effects and I just was like, this is not any way to live. And so I decided to go off all medication, you know, just cold Turkey, which included hormonal birth control pills, which I had been on since I was like 16. Um, and so when I went off, my body totally freaked out and I gained like 12 pounds in six weeks. I got horrible acne. I couldn't get a period. Um, it was just, I felt like my body was screaming at me, like something is wrong. And so I found a, um, functional medicine doctor. She was an MD that, you know, really, um, combines holistic, um, holistic medicine with Western medicine. And she is the one who finally diagnosed me with PCOS, leaky gut and hypothyroidism. Um, and like you said, they very much go together. Um, a lot of women that have one usually have the other and makes sense. You know, our body's so connected and everything, um, kind of plays off each other, but yeah. So that once I was diagnosed, she kind of put me on a, a natural treatment plan, um, which included changing my diet, some of my lifestyle, um, choices, the way, you know, I exercise the supplements I took and, just kind of a, a complete overhaul. And within a few weeks, I felt so much better. And within a year, almost all the symptoms were completely gone. And my periods were regular again. And I, you know, wasn't constipated at all. And I had no stomach issues. And my skin cleared up. And I had more energy. And it was amazing.
1: Okay. So your story is so similar to mine and we won't go sideways on detail about my story. And I've touched on it here and there on my podcast and in the many books that I've written, but same age, it's, a, it's amazing how many years we can suffer before we look at food Mm -hmm. and lifestyle issues. And you started out the story saying how you're going to these, I call them standard of care doctors, because they're going to stay in the lane. They're going to, they're going to only do things that bill to insurance codes. They're not educated outside of
0: treat the system, take this pill.
1: Yeah. Be on your way. Yeah. And so you, I I mean, I've heard this story hundreds of times and your story is unique Mm -hmm. and interesting and I want to stay on your story, but I've heard this story hundreds of times where You know, we go down the standard of care path and we trust the MDs because they are the most educated among us in terms of years of education. And so we really want to put a lot of faith in them, but they were telling you, you had IBS and you mentioned that you believe and I've heard so many people say similar things. That IBS is code for we don't know, and there's actually a bunch of diagnoses that I think are code for we don't know, including mm-hmm. like chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, and those those tend to cluster with with your symptom clusters as well. And when you continue to to uh, not treat the 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 root of the issue, you tend to accumulate more advanced autoimmune conditions like right. like chronic fatigue and and fibromyalgia. So you you probably turning it around have saved yourself from some of those, some of those worst things. Now I would imagine that when you saw such a radical turnaround in a matter of weeks, and then within a year, you really felt, you know, healed and in remission from these things. I bet it made a believer out of you. Is that why you now have such a big passion for educating others?
0: Oh yeah, exactly. I was blown away by just the rapid transformation that really some pretty simple changes made. Um, and I just felt like, you know, I had been a journalist, so I had always been, and I always did a lot of service journalism, which is basically just articles that help people, do something. And so that was kind of my specialty. And I just, I really was like, I have to share what I've learned. There's got to be other people that are struggling with similar things. So I decided to start Root & Revel. My story is really not unique, which is kind of sad because there are just so many people who have been dismissed by doctors or had their symptoms masked by some expensive and or, you know, really negative, a pill with negative side effects. And, and you know, it's just like, it's amazing how how simple the solution really can be sometimes.
1: You know, I want to talk to you about the things that you did, because that's what's That's what's really exciting. Um, Tell us about some of the awarenesses that you came to through the first protocols that that MD put you on. You you called her a functional practitioner, and not to mince words, but sounds like she did, did the drug approach. But she also ventured out, educated herself outside of you know what she got in medical school, which is really underpinned by pharma and pharma and tech. Right. And, and so right. I call those integrative um doctors. Yeah. And and I would encourage anybody who's looking at, okay, I'm I'm new on this journey, I'm sick and and the, the whole standard of care thing hasn't worked that great for me. I would encourage you to start by asking whatever practitioner you to talk to. Cause when they start taking your lab tests, drawing your blood, they're building a chart on you. People don't want to leave their doctor. And sometimes integrative isn't what people want. I personally don't want the integrative doctors. I'm way too far down the path. I don't want the people who really their strong suit is prescribing, you know, drug medications. And then they dabble a little bit in um, natural mm-hmm. supplements and other, and other treatments. I want somebody who's totally focused on find the root cause and, and treat it naturally. Sounds like you started with integrative, but she helped you turn it around.
0: Yeah, she basically when I came in, she said there's two ways we can we can go. Um if you can trust me and be patient, we can go the natural route. I am 100% convinced that, that we can get rid of all of your symptoms and for you know, lack of a better term, cure or reverse these conditions. And if you can't do that, if you don't want to do that, there are some things that I could prescribe that might help alleviate some of your symptoms, but it will not make these things go away um, forever. And, you know, you have to decide what you really want to do. And at that point, you know, I was, had already tried all the drugs and I was convinced and, had all, and I did have all these negative side effects. So I was like, no way, I'll do whatever it takes. Let's go the natural route.
1: So you were, you were already fed up and you were totally ready to go the functional medicine route. I love how she put that to you, by the way, that's really, that's really powerful that she, she explained to you, if you go the all natural route, that's where you actually heal.
0: Right, right. Exactly. That, and that's what, you know, convinced me. And like, like you said, and I said, I was fed up. I had done the standard of care way and it wasn't working. And that's the thing, you know, I think, there is a time and a place for prescription medication, and I am not so dogmatic as to say nobody ever should take, you know, should take pills. Um, but I don't think that it, it's so often the first course of action, and it shouldn't be. There's so many other things that we could try before, and if you get to the end of trying all the natural remedies and it's still not helping, then do what you need to do. is kind of my philosophy.
1: Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And if we're educated a little bit and listening to this is educating you, you're going to hear some cool stuff here. Then you can start with the natural stuff. Most people go the other route and they, they, you know, take all the drugs and they're like, wait a minute. Like I'm not getting mm-hmm. well here. I'm not getting well. I mean, just side note, my my seventeen year old son is having all four of his wisdom teeth out. I've totally stocked up, researched, asked my peers. I've got the stuff for pain that is, uh, you know, natural, homeopathic, CBD, arnica. I've got the anti inflammatories that are natural. I've got the antiviral, antibacterials, in, including a homeopathic penicillin, which doesn't wreck your gut. Um, wow! working with my biological dentist who is not doing the surgery, but, and, and he needs it because they are all for him, you know, impacted. They're impacted. like right up against, yeah. you know, they're like going the wrong direction against his teeth. So we're starting there just because I ha- I am blessed to have the knowledge, but, um, I'll tell you, I, I did fill the prescription ibuprofen and I did fill the Lortab. I have no intention of giving them to him unless he gets dry socket. We're prepared for that. But one of my employees Has a rotten root canal that needs to come out, and she hasn't been able to get in. hasn't been able to get in. She goes to my biological dentist, who is fantastic, but she hasn't been able to get in. And I, I had her pick up the prescription because she does some of my like personal assistant work, and she had it, and she was refusing to take anything. She was refusing to take anything at all, and that is what prescription ibuprofen is for. It's not for popping a pill every time you have a little headache. If you have a little headache, and it's chronic, something is wrong, and taking the ibuprofen isn't going to solve it. But gosh darn it, antibiotics are a miracle. And narcotics are a miracle if we use them on a rare occasion once or twice in a lifetime when we're having a crisis. Okay. So that said that we are now (laughs) saying both Kate and Robin feel that pharmaceuticals have their place. Dig into what you started to do that turned things around in a matter of weeks. What were the most powerful things?
0: Yeah. So I would say the first and most powerful thing, especially with regards to my digestion was it's like so simple that people will roll their eyes, but it's true. Eat more vegetables. I really just focused on getting two to three servings of fruits or vegetables in at every single meal. And within a week, I had completely regular digestion like I had never had in my life. And it's kind of stayed that way ever since.
1: Wow. Just with two to three servings of vegetables per meal. That's, that's awesome. You know, raising my four kids, that was their requirement. Most of your plate is the salad. Eat that first, please. And then have whatever else we're having, try to make whatever else we're having also be healthy. Um, but what was your diet before? What kind of diet were you raised on?
0: Well, you know, my mom is an amazing cook. And so I, you know, I was raised on home cooking, which I think regardless of what you're eating is already a step up from like fast food and processed junk and eating out all the time. But, um, you know, it's weird because I feel like, um, when I went in, I I think that I was more kind of stuck in that like nineties mentality of low calorie and low fat was healthy. Um, and so I would say like my doctor would say, well, what do you eat for breakfast? And I'd say like, I'll have like a piece of toast with nut butter And she's like, okay, you know, that's not bad, but you're not really getting any nutrients from that. Um, Why don't you try having a veggie scramble or like an omelet with, you know, full of veggies or something like that. And just making that simple switch made such a huge difference. So I think that before I was eating way more carbs for sure. um, But I think more so I was just eating really low nutrient um, like the density, the nutrient density of the meals that I was eating was very low, even if it might have been low calorie also.
1: So yeah, calories have pretty much nothing to do with anything. So, right. um, let's, exactly. let's, let's find out what you mean by carbs, because I always talk to my audience about how carbs is sort of a meaningless word because a banana is a carb and so is right. a, so is a donut. So when you say carbs, are you talking about like refined carbs, white flour and sugar?
0: Yep, exactly. I, I, I'm i not a big sweet tooth, so I wasn't eating a ton of sugar. But I think that I... And now what I try to do is limit flour of any kind. So even if it's almond flour, or gluten-free or whatever, I still... I don't not eat it ever, um, but it's not like a mainstay in my diet. And I feel like in the past that kind of was, it was a lot of refined flours, um, whether it was breads or pizza or pasta um, and that kind of thing. And then Yeah. I I just think I wasn't conscious of, of getting like a rainbow assortment of foods into my diet. I just like, sometimes I feel like my plate would look very Brown, um, or white. And, and even if I was having like whole grains and that's what I would say, well, it's whole wheat bread and, um, I think for, for my, for me personally, it was really just a matter of like, my body requires more nutrients than that. I was really low in vitamin B and vitamin D. Um, I, I just, I needed to add more, um, antioxidants and, and nutrients just to, to everything I was eating. So, um, that was really the biggest, the biggest change.
1: I love it. So, okay. You ate more vegetables, let's go back to something you said early on. You said that your, your standard of care doctors were telling you to take fiber supplements. Do you have anything to say about fiber (laughs) supplements versus vegetables?
0: Oh, yes. Don't do it. Um, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I just think that they're completely ineffective and just adding bulk in that way is, is not the the whole point that it's really that you need the nutrients with it. Um, and it, plus it's gross. I mean, just drinking that like fiber water was nasty. And now instead I'll put like my fiber supplement is chia seeds or flax seeds or something. And I'll put it in my smoothie and I get my three servings of fruits and vegetables and I get my fiber from those things and, and I'll put a, you know, an extra boost with some seeds and it's so much better than taking some nasty powder
1: Perfect. I love it. And I completely agree. And, and actually that Metamucil and all the other brands, there's actually quite a bit of evidence. They damage your GI tract over time there. It's like, it's like taking a drug versus, you know, using an herb or an essential oil. It's completely unnatural and possibly harmful to us.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I hadn't heard that, but it was just one of those things where I thought, well, it didn't work for me and I didn't enjoy taking it and seemed like why take a supplement for something that's so easy to get it from the real thing?
1: Yeah, I think it's not sustainable. I mean, telling people to drink some nasty thing they stir into water, people just aren't going to do that long term. And such a ridiculous right. workaround to avoid vegetables. I mean, our, our food has fiber in it. And it has all the other things that come with it that work synergistically for miracles, like what happened for you. I mean, years of suffering, like not, I mean, it doesn't just stop with physical, it went into these you know this nausea that probably you know the anxiety was probably as bad as the nausea, so that you want oh, yeah. to live a plain vanilla, flatline life rather than than suffer like that. So I'm really happy for you. I'm really excited that that nice. you had such great outcomes. And I want to talk about what else besides food you did. But can we back up a second and talk about PCOS? Yeah. Why, do you, why do you think you had it? And we talk about the symptoms because there are people listening who have PCOS and haven't been diagnosed.
0: Yes. I think it is very undiagnosed and misdiagnosed um, or underdiagnosed, I should say, and misdiagnosed. Um, There are a lot of different manifestations of PCOS. And a lot of people think if you don't have cysts on your ovaries, then you don't have PCOS. And that is not true. Um, There are that you know, probably millions of women that have no cysts on their ovaries, myself included, but do have PCOS. And there's a lot of other um, markers you can look for to be diagnosed with that. Um, so, for in my case, there were a few things that were red flags to my doctors. One of the things was actually from my thyroid, and my TSH level was really high. Um, it was um, almost four, and at some points in during when I I was getting tested, it was above four. And really you want your TSH
1: to be between like one and two. Okay. So, um, so so Kate is talking about one of the markers of thyroid dysfunction, right? Correct.
0: Yes. But that is a marker of thyroid dysfunction. And it is also an indication that you could have PCOS. Um, so that was one of the first things that my doctors looked at. They also looked at some of my sex hormone levels like estrogen and testosterone and, um, and progesterone. And looking at those, there's like some women have, um, have estrogen dominance, which is when you have high estrogen levels and low progesterone. And I kind of oscillated between that and having high testosterone. Um, but my t- high testosterone, which was causing a lot of weight gain around my midsection, acne, um, those kinds of things, that was fixed so simply by drinking spearmint tea. My doctor said, drink spearmint tea twice a day and we'll check your levels again. And it was like a complete turnaround um, within
1: one month. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. What, what symptoms... Do PCOS sufferers show up with most often? So
0: I would say one of the most, um, common ones is irregular cycles. Um, so either, you know, they don't come regularly or when they do, you might have really bad, um, PMS, which could be anything from heavy cramping, um, to, you know, big mood swings. Um, you could have hormonal acne, which was definitely a big one for me. You know, I felt like, Oh my God, I'm 30 years old and I still, am having hormonal acne. I thought this would be way gone by now. Um, but that, that's a big symptom. Um, let's see, you could also have insulin resistance, which was another indication that I had PCOS. And so, um, you can get your fasting insulin levels checked. And if they are high, which, um, you know, means that you are insulin resistant and, and I was, and that was really scary for me because insulin resistance in in my mind is kind of like, a couple steps away from type two diabetes.
1: Well, and um, immediately, even before the diagnosis, weight gain very likely with PCOS suffer.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, that was what was hard for me because I am a a tall, uh, I'm not super tall, but I'm, I'm five, almost five, seven and I'm thin. And so a lot of doctors said, Oh, you don't have PCOS. You're not overweight. And I was, you know, I think that's such a false, um, it's such a misconception that you have to be overweight. I do think that weight gain absolutely goes hand in hand, especially with insulin resistance. And if you have a lot of weight gain that tends to gather around your midsection, that is one of the biggest indicators. But, um, you know, and, and in my case I did, I gained 12 pounds and changed nothing. Um, and I've always been, you know, fairly active and, and fairly healthy, um, so it was, it was shocking to me to gain 12 pounds going off the pill, but that's what the pill was masking and um, how I was able to be diagnosed with insulin resistance, which again is something that I, I was pretty quickly able to get back into check and um, through, through diet and just some simple changes, like making sure I eat within 90 minutes of waking up and eating at regular intervals and watching, you know, com uh, refined versus, um, complex carbs and that kind of thing.
1: You know, infertility is really common with PCOS. Um, you probably didn't have a chance to test that at that stage of life. (laughs) Thinning hair is super common. Depression is super common. Yep.
0: Anxiety, depression, um, and digestion issues are really common. So it was kind of, when I was first diagnosed, I will admit that I was very overwhelmed because it was like, oh my gosh, there's four things that are, you know, PCOS, hypothyroidism, insulin resistance, leaky gut. I'm like, oh my God, everything's wrong. But it was kind of like, once you fix one, you fix them all because they're so connected.
1: Well, and they all come from, they're all symptoms of the same root causes. So, okay. So describe the diet that you followed then and, and now.
0: Yeah. So now I say within reason, and like I said, if you actually have an allergy or an, and an intolerance, which to figure out, I recommend doing an elimination diet and you can do food sensitivity testing and that kind of thing. Um, but if you don't have anything like that, I truly believe that there is room for all food in a balanced diet. And, um, So I I really try hard, which it is something I struggle with because there are foods that are very villainized and I'm always reading about stuff. And then I think, oh, gosh, maybe I really should never eat gluten um, or never eat dairy. But for me, I've just found that the best thing to do to still maintain my sanity and not feel like I'm always missing out or restricted or deprived is to focus on eating two to three servings of fruits or vegetables at every meal, you know, everything is, I, I really focus on real food, um, and that's what I think what's, what's bad for us is always changing. They're always coming out with something new that's bad for us. But what's never changed is vegetables are good for you. I don't buy processed foods. I definitely read labels like a hawk. I read ingredient labels way more than I ever look at. I don't look at the nutrition panel um, anymore on on foods, unless maybe to check the sugar content. Um, but I will read ingredient labels and make sure that I can pronounce everything that I, if I were to try to find that ingredient individually at the grocery store, I would be able to. So if it's calling for, you know, maltodextrin or something, I don't know what that is. I wouldn't know where to
1: find it. I'm not buying it. Yeah. And most maltodextrin is come from genetically modified corn. Let's go back to, you don't look at the nutrition panel. Glad to hear mm-hmm. that because you're, you're pretty young. You're, it sounds like you're in your early thirties. And I, I really believe that most people think that there's some kind of interesting story told on the nutrition panel and there isn't because it's telling you ratios and grams of proteins, fats, and carbs, which is pretty much irrelevant and it has the calories, but you're right. The story is told in the ingredients and are they right. all, you know, are they all organic clean, non-genetically modified whole foods, you know, white rice, uh, enriched wheat flour, Mm -hmm. things like this. These are not whole foods. These are highly processed foods. And, and so my guess is you, what you meant when you said there's a place for all foods in the diet is probably not all real foods. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause yeah, I think there's like no place in the diet for for monosodium glutamate and some of the neurotoxic chemical additives and whatever. So I think Kate's saying like actual foods, you know, like natural foods.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I try to, you know, I I would say that if I had to label it, it would be the anti-inflammatory diet. Um, That I follow. So I eat lots of healthy fats, lots of fiber rich vegetables and whole grains. Um, You know, I eat a lot of fermented foods that are rich in probiotics, lots of beans and legumes, and tons of spices and herbs. I mean, I am all about flavor. You know, my background is as a restaurant writer for a decade. And so, that my job then was to report what is most delicious with no regard to health. So I developed this palette where delicious comes first. And I, that is still the case. I'm absolutely you know, a proponent of healthy can still be delicious. And spices and herbs are one of the easiest ways to do that.
1: Oh, I so agree with you. And if we don't think that healthy food is delicious, maybe it's because of years of eating a chemicals added, highly processed diet. And if we just get off the processed food for a few days, it's amazing how good whole foods taste. It's like yeah. Our natural. Palette. Yeah.
0: That's what I always say about, I have a green smoothie challenge like you. Um, and I always say like, drink a green smoothie every day for just a week and don't have any processed sugar. And then like you will realize like strawberries are super sweet. (laughs) Like, you know, when you first taste one, if after you've been eating all of this chemically, you know, processed crap, it doesn't taste that way, but it can reset your palate and fall in love with real foods again. And it's pretty easy.
1: Totally agree. Tell me about what supplements you took. What, what supplements did that first doctor prescribe to you? And what do you take now?
0: Yeah. So my supplement routine has definitely changed and I feel like there's a ton of trial and error involved in finding the supplements that work for you. And, um, so for PCOS, um, a few of the supplements that I took and I no longer have to take because now my body is in a, in a good place. Um, but a few of the things that really helped me were DIM, D I M, which is basically um, compounded cruciferous vegetables. So, broccoli, um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, that kind of stuff. Um, And it has, it really helps lower estrogen dominance. And so, when I was really struggling with PMS symptoms, like when you have low progesterone and high estrogen, you're going to have cramps, irregular periods, um, acne, fatigue, those kinds of things. Um, taking dim was really helpful for me. So I did that. I also, um, ovesitol, that's what I took O V A S I T O L and ovesitol, It was a powder that I put in a glass of water, um, Morning and night for a couple of months, and it helped really regulate um, my cycle. And, and And it's really helpful if you are trying to get pregnant because obviously a regular cycle and um, consistent ovulation is key for fertility. So I highly recommend anesthetol for that. Um, and I also took evening primrose oil at night, which was really helpful with also with the lower, low progesterone. When I started taking that, my progesterone immediately went up. Um, and at this time I was getting blood work done like almost every month, um, to track everything and see what's working, what's not, and, um, make sure that I was staying on top of everything.
1: Uh, you mentioned Dim. I just want to pop in for readers that I was asking several years ago, I was asking David Wolf what his favorite supplement was these days. Like what's the the most exciting supplement out there? And indole 3 carbonyl was his answer. And I actually tend to agree. indole 3 you carbonyl, I-N-D-O-L-E. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at your health food store. And it's basically an extract of broccoli and the crucifers. And I think that... Um, the, the crucifer family, the, and the brassica family are so healing to the thyroid. So eat lots of broccoli, cauliflower, uh, you know, onions and onions and garlic or, or Mm -hmm. in another class of family, it's super helpful, but you know, if you're not going to eat a lot of those, I tend to not eat very much broccoli. It's just not something I enjoy. Well, I do, I do love cauliflower and that's the, the white food that's good for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, Take indole three carbonyl. I'm gonna check out this this DIM. Well, yeah, I, I'm so excited that you are not only healing your your own issues that literally millions of American women are facing, some men too, but honestly, it's an epidemic in women. All of the all of the leaky gut, hypothyroid, PCOS, IBS that you were experiencing, and at younger ages. I mean, I was a as a college pres- professor for many years, and I swear one student at least every semester would come up to me at the beginning of the semester and kind of embarrassing, you know, seemed, seemed sort of embarrassed and say, listen, I have IBS or I have Crohn's and I'm I'm going to be in and out. Like I'm going to leave class a lot. I just want you to know that it's not you. It's You're not doing anything wrong. I'm not unhappy. I just have to go to the bathroom a lot. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And I wanted to just like take them aside and, and say, hey, how do you feel about a whole... Like lifestyle change? like Would you be interested in learning more about changing your diet? And so I ended up doing for many years is every single semester, I think for about 21 semesters straight, I had my students over to my house and I made them all a green smoothie. And I totally hijacked their discussion of management communications, which they signed on for to teach them how to put a quart of green smoothie with superfoods and lots of greens in their yeah. in their diet. And it's funny because a lot of them are still on my Facebook page and they'll message me and or I'll run into them around town and I would say they comment as often on the impact on their lives and now they're they're having children, so many of them of what I taught them just basics of nutrition, how to get lots of good food in their diet quickly as they did from me teaching them how to be a better business writer and speaker. So
0: yeah, and that's amazing. And it's amazing just how many people would come up to you and say that, you know, that they have these stomach issues. And just like, it was one of those like aha moments I had when I, you know, used to be really embarrassed to tell people, oh, yeah, I'm really constipated or, oh, this, you know, whatever's going on. But once I started being open about it, I realized I'm like, man, everyone is sick. Everybody is having stomach issues. Like there was not a single person that I told that wasn't like, "Yeah, you know, I I have Crohn's or I have I struggle with something similar." It was amazing.
1: Yep, yeah, people, everybody's sick. That's been my experience. And and now you know, at fifty, I play on a competitive tennis team, and I mean our number two topic at team parties and lunches and and matches and driving up to a match out of town or a a tournament or whatever. The number two subject after our tennis game and how the match went and what our opponents did is all of everybody's health problems. And these these are thin athletic women who've been playing sports their whole lives. And so everybody's sick unless they are paying a lot of attention to what their diet right. is and they're getting educated about the things you're talking about. So this has been a wonderful interview. Kate, tell us about how to find you and what you're doing over there on Root and Revel.
0: Yeah, great. So uh, rootandrevel.com is is the blog, or you can follow me on social at Root and Revel. Um, and I, you know, I share a lot of recipes. I share a lot of um, natural living tips and holistic health tips. I'm thinking um, in the new year we're gonna have like a whole PCOS month um, because there's so many, uh, so many questions I get from readers all the time um, about PCOS, and and some people that don't even realize they have it, but they know that they have something, you know, that their hormones are out of whack. And so I'm really gonna dig into that. What supplements are best? What lifestyle changes? What you know? What diet is best? What Foods to eat more of and what foods to avoid and all of that. So I'll be doing that hopefully in, in the new year.
1: Okay, everyone. So it's root and revel. It's R O O T A N D R E V E L root and You've been with Kate Kordsmeyer. Kate, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thanks for having me.